0: The financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716 716- 630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. Welcome back to Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK CPAs and Business Consultants. Uh, back from a little holiday break, which was well impacted by Bill's road game and having to drive out there and Jonah was unavailable for a little bit. So we just decided to take the holiday weekend. Uh, I was but
1: available every day. I was available all of the days we didn't podcast. I'm, ava- I, don't, I don't celebrate Christmas, so you can't use that as it.
0: No, but I, I don't want to talk about your personal life. I don't want to make any announcements. You can say. Well, I, I mean, I, I'll tell
1: everybody I tested positive for coronavirus on Friday. But oh, uh, let's see. I was going to text you to say, don't use this as an excuse not to podcast, but I
0: decided not to be a jerk about it. So I didn't. I see. Well, we're back with a vengeance because Tim Graham and friends is loaded with extra Fs. As you, uh, if you're watching, you see down in your lower left panel, CBS this morning, Saturday, co-host Jeff Glor is joining us. And by request of Jeff Glor. Yep. Yep. Matthew yep. Fairburn of The Athletic is back for the first time since he left, and it was actual criteria of Jeff's appearance. He said not unless Matthew Fairburn's on also. I think Jeff has some things that he wants to discuss uh, regarding the Bills' victory over the Patriots on Sunday. Um, but welcome, guys. Um, thanks, for, thanks everybody, for coming on.
2: Well, I, I can't go after Jonah since he had COVID, and I mean, I'm always in I'm always going to go after you, but I figure Matthew should come on to speak to his new beat and everything. He's doing a great job. I, I hate to say, but he of course he is. And I noticed he filed way before you on Sunday.
3: Yeah. I even dragged my feet a little bit because, you know, Tim and I were going to go out for a beer after the game. So I was like, I guess I'll read through this a few more times, add a few more things. I mean, that, that I was the last New England reporter to leave, and those, those Buffalo guys were all still over there, Hemming and Han over their pros. So, you know, hard work, lack of efficiency, some mix of the two, I'm not sure.
0: It comes e- more easily for some than others. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just think it's uh, funny that Jeff Glor, successor to Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather, uh, pays so close attention to the work at the athletic that he can he looks at timestamps or notices the timestamps of when the Bills and Patriots reporters file. Uh, but no mention, at least in the texts yet, that um, because Matthew filed ahead of me, I plagiarized him. We right. had well, we had virtually identical leads.
2: That doesn't surprise me, um, and it wasn't. It wasn't just that he filed so far in advance of you; it was also that his story was so much more well-rounded um, and, and and complete. Um, that that's just. I don't know what what else to say.
1: <laughs> and unbiased.
2: Yes.
3: <laughs> you know this is nice. I, I was worried that I had lost my my F status, which maybe I had, but clearly I haven't lost it with Jeff, which is good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I didn't know that this was going to be the uh, result of Matthew appearing on Tim Graham and friends or else I wouldn't have bothered to tell him that you uh, insisted uh, Jeff, but, uh, and, and I also say it's a kick too, that you are such a close reader that you used a, a word that I kind of made up in my previous story and applied it to a tweet today. That's how closely re- you read. So you can say, you can try to kick me in the balls all you want, but I know, that you read every word I write, whether you hate it or not.
3: I do. It's true.
2: I actually, I Googled that word and it actually does, it come. there's a definition of it. So I don't know if you invented it, but it was good. Well, no, I didn't invent it. The word, the word is fantabulous,
3: by the way, right?
0: Yeah. It's a, what do you call that? A, um, a portmanteau. When you, when you, when you slam two words together and, you know, like ginormous or slobber no, no slobber Slobberknock is uh, again, very impressed and flattered. Uh, slobberknock is a vestige of my boxing coverage days. You would actually see slobberknock in Ring magazine about twelve times an issue, uh, but uh, in for people who actually uh, you know cover regular sports, it is a rarity. Uh, I can't. I I have used it several times in my career, but uh, need to spread it out a little bit. It's a great word. It's it's a Fantastic word. Fantabulous word. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> uh, we'll start with you, Jeff. The, the state of your Buffalo Bills. Um, let's go from the loss on Monday night to the Patriots, as freaky as it was on um, four weeks ago, and the Bills' recovery from being down and out, left for dead, yep. even listening to their um, – their radio their own radio program with their own team employees uh, on thursday and friday steve tasker and chris brown were all but throwing dirt on their grave
1: see this is why we should have podcasted because i would have balanced yeah. that discussion a little bit
0: i didn't feel like it you yeah. know i had christmas you you don't celebrate christmas and christmas is way more important than anything that any other religion can 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 put in front of me and I'm sorry, Jonah, we can have this discussion off camera if you'd like, or we can get into it right now. Why not? I'll leave uh, that up to you. Did, well,
1: you were a religion major in college, I think. So I don't know if I can have these religious back and forth. I you. was. I thought you said that at the time. Oh, no,
0: no, absolutely. You got me confused with somebody else. Oh, um, I am no theolo- theologian, sir. Um, but Jeff. Uh, where where do you, uh, what do you feel about your bills now here in the span of a month? And can you take us back to however you were feeling heading into this game?
2: Uh, I wasn't feeling bad heading into this game. I was feeling bad uh, talking about the last like six weeks in general. Um, The thing I think I I keep coming back to is that they're 0-5 in these one-score games, you know, and whatever, if you feel like those one-score games should have been somehow split or you end up 500 in those games. It's a different story, but it's, you know, we, we are where we are right now. Um, I also just keep, you know, I do, I, I mean, obviously wanted to have more success in this, but I do, I thought last year going into this year, it felt a little like 88 going into 89, a little bit where like, they really sort of broke through in 88 and then had that really difficult season in 89 with the bickering bills and then barely made the playoffs and then lost in the first round. Um, so I was worried that this year was going to be like that. I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't say they're bickering this year, but they've had, I think more challenges than, than we think. And I certainly hope they win a playoff game in multiple ones, um, at that, but you know, who knows? I, I do think that future wise, we're still, because we have seem to be set at that most important position, um, that we're set for a long time. So I'm encouraged by that. And, um, We'll see what happens in the playoffs now. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think it's unlikely they miss it at this point, but you know,
0: they're going to the the playoffs.
2: On, the, the game on Sunday was, I mean, I, I, it was sort of amazing to me how well Allen was playing and the team in general that New England was still in it. Like at the end, like if 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 he had thrown that interception it was the beginning of that last drive. I mean, New England could have won the game, which seems crazy given how well Buffalo played. Um, but yeah, we were we were watching, and and I think um, I listen. I, I wouldn't want to play the Bills in the playoffs.
0: That first set of downs after the Patriots closed it to five uh, in the fourth quarter, the Bills get the ball back. Josh Allen throws what c- could have been a pick six. I think it would have been a really difficult catch for jc jackson but one that he probably makes more times than not um
3: and he has nothing what's that he dropped one in the end zone earlier in the game too right there's that calls himself mr int and uh dropped a couple of them right uh, so he should yeah
0: if he wants to live up to his own reputation that should have been a pick six And then two plays later, the Bills have third and 10 and convert to Isaiah McKenzie for a gain of 17. So right then, so even without that J.C. Jackson drop, you still, I'm sorry, even with the J.C. Jackson drop, the Patriots still had a really good opportunity to get the Bills off the field right then and come back and and get another touchdown. But Josh Allen just uh, willed them down the field behind that offensive line that is, you know, these guys, uh, they're, they're just being moved around. And and while they have had weak moments, Sunday certainly wasn't one of them. And I think that going into the game, if you would have told me that they were going to lose Ike Butker in the second quarter, then you would think, well, there, this is, here's a, an implosion uh, on the, uh, on the way, but really incredible performance and the type of performance that I think really cements Josh Allen as a leader. He didn't put the cape on. He, he, he raised everyone around him. Yeah. And which is, I think, super encouraging. Now, does that mean he does it on a weekly basis or do we just see this every now and then? Uh, Probably the latter, but um, yeah, an incredibly encouraging performance uh, if you're a Bills fan, especially after uh, real disappointments.
2: I think, yes. Um, I I think he, I think he raised everyone else around him for all the game basically, but it's willed them in the fourth quarter. And you know, my right now, how many quarterbacks in the league can can will their team to victory like that? It's it's Allen, it's Rodgers, I guess Brady. Um, I don't know who else. I'm sure there's others. But
3: Mahomes
0: probably Mahomes, can do Mahomes. it. Oh, sorry, yeah, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, if healthy, Jackson but he's done. not healthy. Yeah, yep. I mean, there's some of these guys come with a lot of asterisks. Dak Prescott. There's a, there's other good quarterbacks,
3: but in the AFC. To Jeff's point, there's a couple. <laughs> there's Mahomes and there's Allen. And, you know, if Herbert. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens get there, Herbert's good, Burrow's good, but they're young. So, I mean, the Bills have the quarterback upper hand in almost every game they play against an AFC opponent, probably other than when they play the Chiefs. Uh, and that's, you know, I think was on Sunday the major – major story. You know, you talk about it being a five-point game right at the end and Josh Allen basically played a perfect game. He he had a few mistakes that could have went the other way, a couple of dropped interceptions, he didn't hit every throw, but that is as good as you get from Josh Allen right there. I mean, it was a masterful quarterback performance. And still, you know, the the Patriots hung around. And so I think it shows that when he does that, they can beat just about anybody and not many teams have a quarterback that can do that for them.
0: What do we think the danger is of the bills slipping here in either of these next two games? They have the Atlanta Falcons and New York jets. Both of them are home. Uh, The Falcons have a handful of wins, uh, but they're a bad team. Uh, The jets are an awful team, but the bills also lost to urban Myers, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, They've had, their bad, their moments, or even a bad half against a team that they should have steamrolled. Uh, slow starts, all that type of stuff. Um, I don't know. I got, I'm personally encouraged by the way that they showed their moxie, for lack of a better term, uh, against uh, the Patriots with all the problems that they had, particularly on offense. All the players that were missing, or even Star Lotulelei's, you know, mysterious absence again um that there's something that maybe that that the tip has been sharpened enough that they don't take things for granted anymore because if you can win with Ryan Bates and Isaiah McKenzie and I don't know insert you know insert whomever uh yep. Cody not know Cody Ford's out uh, but yeah if you can win with these guys make it Jake Kumaro is in the starting lineup Reggie Gilliam caught a pass Uh, if you can win with these guys, then that seems to me that maybe they've got their heads straight.
2: I I hope so. And I think so. I, you know, I don't think they'll look past it. I don't think the fans should either. I mean, you know, Atlanta's still got Matt Ryan, you know, Um, and I just, so the offensive line was struggled so bad for a while and then looked so good on Sunday. I don't know what, what happened.
3: Well, it's an interesting uh, game The the Patriots actually put a fair amount of pressure on Josh Allen. If you look at the numbers, he was technically under pressure on 40 percent of his dropbacks, which seems like it was a little bit high to me. But they weren't finished. They didn't sack him once. They weren't finishing plays. And I think some of that had to do with how they were rushing, you know, trying to contain Josh Allen a little bit more than maybe going right at him they did devote a little extra attention at times to Matthew Judon and i think that helped because he's the one that's been finishing a lot of those plays but only Kyle four noy- quarterback
0: hits by the way no sacks but only four quarterback hits and no patriots defender had more than one so yeah you know, they, they mean-
3: had van noy had six pressures barmore had six pressures but they weren't as big an impact right they, he was getting out of the way of it he was buying time I, he had 23 throws where he took three seconds or more to throw it, which is by far the most he's had all year. And usually in the past, that's been a bad thing. If Josh Allen holds on to the ball that long, it's a bad thing. At least in 2020, he was in his best rhythm when he was getting rid of the ball on time, quickly to digs, Brown, Beasley, the whole thing. But, that was why he was so good on Sunday. He bought time and was super patient when he had the time, hit the checkdowns and everything else. So, as it was such a weird game from a pressure standpoint, because if you just look at the pressure rate, you'd say the Patriots were all over them. But Josh Allen was clearly buying extra time. And those 23 throws, you know, he completed 16 of them at, for, you know, overturned of his yards. And that doesn't count the times that he took off and, and, you know, got a little bit extra and, you know, he had 64 rushing yards in this game too. So kind of a nightmare game for the Patriots front seven, trying to contain him because he was escaping and making using both his, you know, Supreme athleticism, but also just the, the subtle pocket movement that you see veteran quarterbacks have as they go through their careers. And, you know, it was definitely a frustrating game for new England's front seven.
1: And two things that I think are small factors, but probably were factors. Cody Ford not being out there seems to have a positive effect on the Bills offensive line playing around him. And Zach Moss is better at blitz pickup than Matt Breda. And, and so having him out there a little bit more helps the pass blocking, I think somewhat.
3: Ryan Bates is decent too. I wrote about him in the off season and thought he should have a home somewhere on that offensive line. And, you know, it's, Funny, Tim mentioned, you know, Ike Bucker going down and thinking it it could have gotten really ugly when that happened. And you would probably even think at the beginning of the year, if somebody told you, look, it's going to get ugly if Ike Bucker goes down, you'd be like, why the hell is Ike Bucker in there? You know, I mean, that was not that was not the plan when they put together the offensive line. I know he competed in camp and stuff and played well at times last year, but Bates was you know, has hung around on that line for a while. Uh, you know, when they traded for him a couple of years ago, just kind of a utility man back there. But I think a lot of credit goes to Josh Allen and the way that he buys time, recognizes pressure. And the Patriots' coverage wasn't holding up on the back end either. So even when they were getting close, Allen was finding somebody or throwing the ball away. He was really smart. He was really patient and really smart. I think that's why a lot of Bills fans are justifiably giddy over the performances he's had huge games before right he's had better stat lines than he had on sunday but has he ever handled a game that well between the ears mentally emotionally against such a good smart defensive game planner he probably hasn't in that type of spot and i think that's why people are so excited
2: I don't think so. He had zero of those, what, Tim, you call them the sugar rush (laughs) moments, whatever
0: it is, right? Hero ball, whatever it is, yeah.
2: And and, and he's addressed those. I mean, he's talked about those that he sometimes just gets, you know, uh, there was zero on Sunday. I do wonder how much different it would be
3: if if J.C. Jackson catches that pass how much different is the, because that was a bad throw. I don't know why it was a bad throw. Was it inaccurate Were he and Diggs not on the same page, but that was the type of day it was for the Patriots. He was making so few mistakes that those ones stood out so much as missed opportunities for new England. It was like, you better capitalize because he's not hitting you in the hands. Like he was a couple of years ago, you know, every other throw, you need to take advantage of the one or two times that either he and his receivers aren't on the same page or he misfires. I don't know which that one was Diggs was pretty vocal afterwards. So I think maybe they were a little bit not on the same page, but yeah, I mean, it would be a little, you know, if one of those gets caught, there might be some panic moments there. The national narrative of Josh Allen would change, but that's the fine line, you know, that pass gets dropped and he doesn't, unravel. He doesn't you know, have a sugar high moment. He just settles down, hits a third down and 10, made that fourth down run, hit another third down and 10 to digs. Uh, it was a perfect drive after that drop.
0: I think we would have learned a lot about Josh Allen had he thrown a pick six right there because granted he is, he's prone to those frenzied moments where you know, I even think back to the Rams game last year where he just loses it. He like, he loses his composure for a series or two and then just finds it again. It would be interesting to see how quickly he would have shaken that off because he is known to do that late in games to just all of a sudden find the zone where he hasn't had it for three quarters. And I'm talking not just this year, but even when he was younger, he just had this really strange ability to just tranquility, you know, serenity now uh, type stuff and, and just, shrug it off like it didn't matter. And had we seen that, I think that would have been really impressive. But I'm sure the Bills are, are thankful they didn't have to worry about it.
3: There was plenty uh, of time left, too. Had he thrown the interception, was, you know, the Patriots seven go left. down and score. It wasn't, you know, game over. It was uh, – they would have had to have scored the touchdown, and who knows how much time would have been left. But it would have been plenty, I think. Josh Allen only needs about, I don't know, 45 seconds, it seems like, to get down the field when he's really feeling it.
2: Now, so if, if the Dolphins – go in and who've now what won seven games after losing seven games first team in nfl history to do that if the dolphins beat the titans it is in tennessee so it's tough but tennessee's banged up if the dolphins beat tennessee and then they and the dolphins somehow are able to beat new england in new england so closing out the season winning nine games in a row they not only make the playoffs but would they also then knock the Patriots out of the playoffs?
3: It's possible that they would knock the Patriots out of the playoffs, but it would depend on assuming the Patriots win against the Jaguars. As I have, as I understand the math, all they would need is either the dolphins or the Raiders to lose one of their final two games. So that would be either so if they they lose to the Dolphins as you laid out, like Dolphins win out, finish ten and seven. The the Ravens can finish ten and seven. The Chargers can finish ten and seven. But the Patriots are guaranteed to have the tiebreaker over both of them. They are not guaranteed to have it over Vegas, although it's po- It's still possible that Vegas could win out. And I think I think there's a common games situation. So they would need the Raiders. To lose it would not be good if they lost to the, the Dolphins. That would if the Dolphins win this weekend and the Raiders win this weekend, the Patriots are gonna be playing for a lot against the Dolphins. But Jeff, the Raiders do you, have a tough schedule.
0: Are you indicating that it's not just enough that the Bills get into the playoffs? You want the Patriots yes. to not make it? He's scared to see him again. No, well,
2: I'm not. Me. No, I'm not. No, that no, that's I well, you you you're perceptive, Tim, as usual. Um, yes, no, that would be um I, I, I may or may not enjoy that, but no, would I be worried about playing the Patriots again in the, in the playoffs? No. Am I, would I be worried about, am I worried about playing, um, Indianapolis? Yes. Um, other teams, um, I think Indy would be the biggest, I mean, obviously the chiefs, but you're not going to meet the chiefs if they get there until, um, at least the second round. um, So
0: I think the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, I don't know that I'd want to play them just because there's so much X factor variable involved there. Um, But yeah, I think that the, there are some opponents out there that look a lot tidier of an opponent. Let's put it this way, Jeff, who would you want to play of the teams that look like they're going to make the playoffs? Who would you, because the bills are probably are not going to get that first round by that. A lot of people thought after that Kansas city game seemed like it was, a fait accompli and the bills were the super bowl favorites and josh allen was the mvp favorite and then all of a sudden things fell apart um they're gonna have to play that game against the jets they're not gonna be able just to afford to arrest everybody against the jets probably so you want that soft opponent in the first round who would you who would you want um i i
2: mean i I'm not saying the Patriots are soft, but I, I I, would feel somewhat confident. I think this time if they were playing them um, in Orchard Park, as long as the winds aren't gusting at 87 miles an hour. Um, it maybe, be. Know, it may be. Yeah. Chargers. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the only team that really is, is scary, just not only just based on the result of what happened last time, but just in general is, you know, having Taylor, I mean, the Titans don't have Derrick Henry anymore. So I'd say the Titans, if they had Derrick Henry, but um, you know, I think the Colts would be, I think they could do it against the Colts because hopefully they've learned, but you know, I, I I think the Colts just because of Taylor almost entirely, I'm not sure anybody wants to play them right now.
3: Arson Wentz just went on the uh, COVID list today and as an unvaccinated player, he's going to miss some time. So the Colts now are in an interesting spot. It's actually a tough break for the Patriots because the Colts play the Raiders and they need the Raiders to lose. And so I think the Colts playoff spot is pretty safe, but it's not locked up. It's not, you know, not even close really. So that's a, a tough, you know, spot for. In this bizarre
0: 2021 season, there's actually a weird, probably relief for some people to get COVID right now, I'm sure that the, the the Chiefs can at least look at it and say, well, we know we're not going to have to worry about losing Kelsey in the playoffs. Uh, or maybe if, if the Colts feel that they have things in hand, well, Wentz, who is very publicly unvaccinated, we don't have to worry about losing him in the playoffs. Um, so it, it's kind of strange that way, although, and I don't want to go on too long of a tangent here, but some people getting uh, COVID allows uh, people like Isaiah McKenzie to step up and and show, well, maybe when we reevaluate this roster at the end of the season, we don't need some, some of these other people. So I don't know. There's like a bunch of, there's like six thoughts in, in what I just said there, but COVID has this jumbled up. It's not just about losing a guy. There's so many different ways you can play it out in terms of the playoffs or roster building or decisions that you need to make. Uh, that you can learn from, from your top players uh, going on the COVID list.
2: But if you're, but if you're, if you're vaccinated now, you don't have to test, right?
3: Not unless you show symptoms, which is sort of a honor system type of deal that they're they're on. And you can get back quicker if you're if you're vaccinated and you're asymptomatic when you do test, because you could also just want to test and i think some guys probably will be in that boat anybody who you know has kids at home or you know family members that live with them that they're worried about even if you're vaccinated you might want to test to make sure you're not carrying it but yeah they some can get back testing? there's like spot testing yeah. for certain you know close contacts i think and they've gotten a little looser with the testing but it's not as if i mean they had a record number of players go on the list yesterday. It seems like they're setting a new record weekly and the NFL doesn't seem to have any interest in pausing the season or doing what the NHL has done. So they're, they're plowing forward as they did last year, as they boasted at the end of the season and cancel any games as there was a practice squad wide receiver playing quarterback for one team, a very proud accomplishment of the NFL. So I don't think anything's, Gonna change this season when you know hundred players go on the list one week. It's like how many how many practice squad call ups did the Saints have last night? I think it was twelve. You know, it's like they had their fourth string quarterback in there. But we make fun of the
0: NHL for having the emergency goalie stationed in every city just in case. And how you know bush league that is that you the, the the Toronto Maple Leafs have their their minor league practice goalie who's a nearby accountant and he played a game and won for the Carolina hurricanes. Like he's even doing it for the other team. The NFL maybe is going to need to do that. And not even just for COVID, but you know, the bills uh, catching a break when Carolina's kicker goes down before the game, if there's just going to be a kicker in town who uh, who could be the emergency call up. That, that seems to be that the NFL is, is just like, whatever, we'll just throw, we'll just put a bunch of players out there on the field, give them a Jersey. And we'll, we need a result. Vegas needs a result. We can't take these games off the board. There's been too much money wagered on them.
3: The NFL seems to be inching. They just keep going a little farther of like, I bet you'll still watch. I bet you'll still watch at <laughs> yeah, We'll, we'll add another game to the <laughs> right. schedule. I bet you'll still watch. We'll put it on Tuesday night at five o'clock. I bet you'll still watch. We'll make Ian book play this game, you know, because, because Taysom Hill goes on the list on Friday. And sure enough, people will still watch. I mean, it's that's the nature of it. So the NFL still... is
0: considering the five-day CDC relaxed quarantine, though. Yeah,
2: and I thought they were there's... changing that today. Actually,
0: well, I, that that could have happened. Um, I was writing a story today, but I, I saw that they were considering it, so that may be. Um,
1: I think Tim made an interesting point in that it I did. trending tour I, I it was one of the 6 <laughs> points you made at once the other 5 I, i'm going to blow past but um you know if if everybody it, it does seem like this omicron variant is going to catch up with most everybody at some point or at least our various levels of vaccines and boosters and natural immunity don't work and it's going to spread to a lot of people and a lot of athletes if you look at like the nba I think the percentage of NBA players who are in protocols or tested positive is higher than what we're seeing in the NHL or the NFL so far. The NHL is on pause. So if you're a team like the Bills and your quarterback, you'd rather him get it now and be out for a game or two that's more winnable in the regular season than two weeks from now. Maybe this wave is over in two weeks. And I don't know if you really want to tempt fate and make that happen, but it wouldn't be the worst. It wouldn't be a disaster scenario if Josh Allen, for example, showed up on the COVID list tomorrow.
0: Put him in a room with Cole Beasley and crank up the temperature to 96, and uh, you're not allowed to come out until you test positive. Or they can wrestle. They probably got some mats in that facility. Well, what's, Sean McDermott's
3: 90. Is it 90? Right, you, you test, test positive, positive. Yeah. you don't need to test, you, or you yeah. don't need to test in the NFL. Yeah, then you get 90. Uh,
0: then 90 days, you got a free pass.
3: So that's where, pass. you know, yeah, I guess it's better now than. I mean, in theory, right? You know, if you get a pretty severe case, I don't think there's any ideal time to have that. You know, Deion Dawkins, his situation could happen. You know, John Feliciano apparently had to go to the hospital.
0: Well, the Tim Uh, Graham version would have done it.
3: Right. I I couldn't, I I
0: wasn't running and I wasn't able to get out of bed for four or five days. So you lose weight, you, you atrophy a little bit, you lose strength, all that stuff.
3: It was an issue for Stop Lamar shaving. Jackson a little bit last year. The what's big, the
0: deal? What's the deal with Feliciano, by the way?
2: God.
3: it's not my um, jurisdiction. It's a lot. That's um, a, a there's a lot to unpack there.
0: Yeah, I,
2: no, I, 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 I don't mean like uh, he,
0: you know. He claims to line. be. He claims to be vaccinated. Um, but I think there's also some there is some belief uh, from knowledgeable people that even if healthy, he might not have returned to the starting lineup. So the one game that he did get back and he only played five special team snaps. Now, was that going to be a situation like Deion Dawkins where they were going to play him back into, you know, Deion Dawkins obviously goes into the game when Ike Bucker goes down kind of an emergency situation, but before that game, on Sunday, Deion Dawkins was going through the pregame routine of a practice squad player. He was doing pretty heavy-duty warm-ups, conditioning-type stuff. He was out like, you know, they worked him because the expectation was he wasn't going to play. So he stood there on call just in case, and in case happened. So was that was what was going to happen with Feliciano and his one game back? Well, we don't know because he only lasted that one game before he tested positive. But um, – there is some there is some acrimony, uh, um, I think, uh, between Feliciano and the team regarding um, his 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 uh, his status uh, on that offensive line.
2: More acrimony than there is between the team and Star.
0: Well, I okay. So you're talking about a personal matter. We don't know what it is that Starla Tulalay has been out. Sean McDermott was asked about it on Monday, said he had nothing to share with us regarding that. Um, He could have said, yeah, he's back with the team, but he didn't. Um, I don't want to speculate. I'll just lay out some facts and think that, because I I don't know. But here is somebody who obviously was afraid enough of of COVID last year to opt out. He did not get vaccinated. He has said that it's for health reasons. He has been on the COVID list. And now a COVID outbreak starts happening around the NFL and he is not with the team. So those are facts. I, I mean, right. I mean, Matthew, double check me on that. As somebody who covers, covered the team on a day-to-day basis, you, you know, cause some of the, some of the times I, I catch it from a distance and I'm reading reporting, you know, but you, right. That's correct. That, that's all as I them. understand it, yeah. I wasn't
3: here for all of that, but I know right. um, and he, he was... had a heart
1: condition coming out of college that was caused by a
3: virus.
0: Yes. And there's some yes. Okay. And there's some debate as to whether or not that's legitimate, but legitimate enough that the bills could have.
3: No, he tested for that at the combine.
0: No, no. I mean, as to whether or not a vaccine would impact that, oh, Okay, you know, it does it. you know, I don't know. I don't know. But it seems as though it's all within the um, – under the the large and vague blanket of COVID, uh, whether he – that uh, – but this is listed as a personal matter. So
1: right.
2: –
0: Has any
1: player opted out know. again? Because I know they're putting that in, that option.
3: They had – it was like a 48-hour window, and oh, unpaid. Sure. It was an unpaid situation, I believe. But – so he stands to make a lot of money by – continuing to play or continuing to be on the roster and they're locked into him for next year too because of the opt-out rules kicked his contract down a year and they got a lot of they would have a lot of dead money if they cut him next year so he's he's on the team jeff anything
0: else you want to talk about before we start plugging uh, all the various uh features you're working on for cbs this morning saturday
2: Yes, just looking for some sort of schadenfreude opening here, New England-wise, I mean, like, Matthew, I mean, so generally speaking, Fairburn, the feeling in New England now is is what? And not just about the team this year, but, like, moving forward.
3: I think a lot of – I don't know. When people ask me that, I always wonder, are you talking, like, fans or, like – a mixture of fan and media reaction. It can be very different at times, Um, the media reaction and the, the fan reaction or in the building or, you know, all those things. But I would say, generally speaking, discerning fans recognize that Josh Allen is a problem that isn't going away. And they still think, I mean, what I find interesting about these two games that were played, in a span of 20 days, is how strong the emotional swings were from fans, yeah. media on both sides, where after the Bills lost, as Tim mentioned, going into this game, there were people that were, you know, wondering about their season and everything else. These two teams are still sitting there with identical records and a season split in their series. So I think there's there was a little bit of a reality check the last weeks, not just the Bills game, but the Colts loss as well about what this 2021 Patriots team is with a rookie quarterback. And that's probably not a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Weirder things have happened, but a rookie quarterback has never gone to the Super Bowl. And I think people got a little drunk on the seven game winning streak and we're feeling pretty good about, you know, this is 2001 all over again, but it's starting to, you know, seem like it's, you know, crashing down to earth a little bit. It's been a weird NFL season though. So who knows in a couple of weeks who the hot, healthy team is. I just think people realize the limitations with a rookie quarterback. This rookie quarterback in general is, is starting to not really hit a wall, but he's having some typical rookie games that really we hadn't seen until that Colts game. So yeah, there's there's that piece of it about what this team is and then there's the piece of looking across the division and realizing they, they while the the Bills are beatable i think everybody thinks that because of what happened a few weeks ago the fact that they have that guy that they have Josh Allen i think people recognize that's a problem because that it's a problem because of what happened on sunday it's a problem because even in a game where the Patriots moved the ball fine. Uh, their running game, you know, worked again. Their defense, you know, let them down a little bit, but a lot of that just had to do with Josh Allen being spectacular, and that's a problem that is going to persist for years. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's some mixed emotions, I think, but the, the more realistic people around here, I think, recognized all along that they were ahead of schedule slightly. They were, you know, probably – out over their skis a little bit and, you know, got brought back down to earth the last couple of weeks. But who knows? They're still right there in the mix. They're still, you know, 96% to make the playoffs or something according to 538. So I don't know. There's, it feels like a rivalry again, though. I will say that there, there's a lot of people on both sides, supercharged every emotionally, every time these two teams play. And I think players and coaches on both sides, are included in that, so uh, to me, it's been fun to to cover both games here in such a close period of time because it was it was uh it, it starts to feel like a rivalry and there's not it hasn't felt that way I don't know probably twenty plus years. Yep.
0: Jeff Glor from CBS this morning Saturday uh, has a story coming up on the history of the wing. In about you know three weeks or so, and he spent some time in Western New York to track down that story. And um, what what did you what did you as a native Western New Yorker, as a Kenmore East High alum, yeah, as someone who's had all the great wings, what did you learn about the wing that you didn't already know?
2: Oh, I've learned a lot. I, you're gonna have to watch to see some of it, but uh, more about the history of it. You know, chicken wings have been around forever, but how they came to be marketed, right? Were and, they
0: before the egg?
2: <laughs> Good. Um, you know, just how they how and I didn't. You know how, how they, they came patron. to be marketed. How they how they marketed. You know, and and how um, Frank and Teresa Bellissimo, I mean, we've all heard about the Anchor Bar, but the you know the story of how. You know, and there's people who compete with the Anchor Bar too, and say, "Listen, we were doing chicken wings before them," and and that is true. Um, I don't know if they were doing it in the exact way that the Belissimos were doing it in, and then they certainly had some of the savvy to market it that certain way and really put it on the map. And then, you know, how you know, and and there's competitors who say that our wings are better or more famous, like Duffs and other and many others. But then, how it sort of you know just became this. Western New York, and was this Western New York institution and still is in the 80s. And, you know, so many of the world's wings were being consumed in Buffalo in the 80s. And then the bills went to the Super Bowl four years in a row and national media descends. And they're like, what are we going to talk about besides the bills? And they're like food. And we'll talk about wings. And so that's in part where it really took off, you know, around the country. And now everybody knows wings Um, and the bill's success in the late 80s, early 90s played a huge role in that. Um, and so we'll, we'll talk about some of that and um, also about some of the um, unending uh, wing disputes that uh, still take place. I know it, this becomes cliche as well, but the whole ranch and blue cheese part of it, um, you know, there's some interesting parts to that too. Um, and where sort of wing, wing culture has gone.
0: Here's where I stand. Jonah and I, we've had this discussion a handful of times. I think it's ridiculous. That you can put whatever you want on the wing, when you're making the wing, because you they'll take anything. Yep. Dry rub, hot, you know, wet, you know, this that whatever spice you want to put on there.
3: Parmesan.
0: Parmesan. I had a salt and pepper wing at uh, Adolf's First Ward Tavern recently. It's just really good. What did I say? Salt and pe- salt and vinegar also another kind of you know non traditional wing. That's fine but you can't dip it in whatever the hell you want. It's got to come out of the kitchen that way. I, I've never understood that argument. I am, a I, I am pro choice.
3: Jeff, does your story at all get into the price hike on wings? Because the last time I was in Buffalo, what, three weeks ago, whenever that game was, I paid, I think it was like $31 for 20 wings at Barbell worth it, but so, it, it was more expensive than I remembered.
2: It, it, it absolutely is. Um, and I remember paying 10 cents for a wing and like, you know, 25 cents for a draft, you know, like, you know, years ago and you can't get that anymore. So the shortages of wings have been a problem, which is why a lot of people have shifted to like boneless, which are not really, you know, boneless wings are not really wings um, and, you know, thighs and other things. So, yes, that's definitely it's definitely an issue. Um. Yeah, you know, we there was one guy. I think when, Jonah
0: just had a spit take. Was that I a was cough or was that. that a spit take? Was there something he said that was that made you hey, spit it was your just coffee? Up coffee going down
1: you? the wrong pipe. I, I wish that was a spit take. I, I'd like oh, to okay. spit take this whole conversation that <laughs> we're having these endless drunk debates about wings. Is this is going to be on the CBS News. All this talk about chicken wings.
2: <laughs> well, we are gonna we're gonna do it in an artful, sophisticated manner, Jonah. I mean, of course, obviously, we we elevate these things. We we take. We, take, we can take subjects that might be pedestrian that's in other places and we turn them into something that's, special.
1: That's the journalism we're taught at Chemo
0: East, and I'm glad you're carrying that out nationwide. That's
2: right. That's right.
0: Jeff, let me ask this. You're, this shouldn't be giving away a secret or picking sides. You're from town of Tonawanda. What is the best wing joint in the town of Tonawanda?
2: I mean, I love I still love Duff's.
0: Is that in the I mean, town I mean,
2: of Tonawanda? Yes, is in Amherst, though, right? Yeah. Dust is in, technically in Amherst. So we used to always go, I mean, I haven't had wings in the town of Tanawanda in a long, long time. I'm, I'm not back there as much as I want to be. Um, when we used to get wings and pizza, we got it from John and Mary's at the corner of um, Sheridan and Ashford, you know, it's right, just right down the block. They had, John and Mary's used to have, on Monday nights, they had a $4.99 pizza, full pizza, full pie for five bucks. Right on. Uh, you hear they're getting
0: rid of the putt-putt over by there are they really it was a huge in fact uh, people have been trying to save it it was one of the bigger stories of the summer i'm not joking as you can imagine how some stories just go viral but
2: they want to turn
0: they want to uh they want to put something else there where the putt-putt is
2: that's a travesty
0: are you all right with that is
3: it too late for for jeff to go in there and stop it with some journalism
2: I used to, I, I, it wasn't the putt-putt that, that, that there wasn't the the mini golf that attracted me to that place. It was, it was the video games and playing gold max and everything else. Unlike his putt-putt used to have a thing on Saturday mornings where it was
3: $20,
2: $20 from 9.00 AM to noon. And you got unlimited tokens and unlimited golf. And it was, it was like, and orgy for like a for a kid like a teenage kid at, in in the 80s you know going to putt-putt for 20 bucks man it was the, best, I mean, the only thing that rivaled it was friday night's main event when like hogan was in his prime um you know so those would be the best and I, i'd be sorry to see putt-putt go but
0: what if i was saying they were bulldozing it for a loganberry factory would that be okay
2: i like loganberry
0: uh a, a, a logan a loganberry sponge candy um oh door is that really what it is no i don't know what it is okay I'm we're gonna I'm make just it trying to see what out, but Jim steak, what, steak they, said it's now oh it's a Jim steak out that's right, right they they're gonna put down.
3: it out i think I that's why. yeah so that's right. a, i can't say i'm sure steak out yeah. is pretty great
0: i'm throwing there a lot is of one uh, down the block they just want a new location throwing a lot of tanawana nostalgia at you here uh jeff thanks for doing this let, let me let's plug a couple other stories actually you have one coming up on uh uh noah Hawley from uh, fargo the tv series yeah uh, and he's done a bunch of other things he has a book coming out uh in january you saying He's got a big uh, book coming out. It, it feels
2: like sort of his, his attempt at the, the great American novel. It's a book called Anthem, uh, released
0: beginning of the year. Worth checking out. Uh, deep Sea Fishing, Tampa Bay Lightning coach John Cooper. Yep. And Secession star Brian Cox. And uh, with this audience, I have to start that sentence out with Secession star Brian Cox because Brian Cox obviously is, is somebody totally different. Did, do you mention the football player, Brian Cox? Uh, has he ever been, uh, does he know who that is? Could you help yourself?
2: Um, that's a good question. I, I will try to get the Cox highlights um, or lowlights in, I guess, into that piece um, when we do it. Now he has a, he has a book coming out as well. And um, yeah, I think what we're trying to do. And so we just renamed actually the show um, to CBS Saturday morning. You know, so CBS is Sunday morning. Now they have Saturday morning. Um and uh, I feel like
0: such an idiot. Thanks. Neat, Thanks for making idiot. me say it three times. Um, Jesus.
2: No, I didn't want to interrupt you. I, I wanted to let you make as many mistakes as possible. Um, so, um, no, it's all good. It, it, it just happened. And I think that, um, you know, on behalf of my colleagues, I mean, just the, the the books and the music and the food and the films and the stuff that we're covering on the show. I mean, we, you're going to get hard news and, and topical uh, news every every Saturday but the in-depth stories that we're doing and trying to do we're working really hard on and I think um, it's something you can't get anywhere else so um, I'm really proud of the show
1: and I hope I you like guys Saturday morning's main event the best thing to come to Saturday morning since $20 all you can diddle the knobs at putt. That's
2: <laughs> new tagline I love it thank you <laughs>
0: Do you get to, do you come up with your story ideas? Uh, I guess what's the mix there? Because it's such a variety. Uh, You can't be an expert on all of this stuff possibly. So I'm sure they come to you with some of them, but I feel like you would have had a hand in wings or because they know you're from Buffalo. They, maybe they're inspired to come up with things that you're going to be passionate about uh, to be able to do sports with John Cooper and there, there's maybe no hotter show right now than secession to be able to do all these things have to be a blast, but to be able to pull off all these different angles, what's that, what's that, um, that process like, or the juggling act like with you and your producers?
2: It's, it's mostly, it's mostly me and and the producer that I work with most of the time, you know, coming up with these ideas and, and, um, and you know, they try, you know, our, our executive producer and, and the, small team that's in charge they trust us and they know we do and so they give us they give us room to do these stories um which is really uh amazing and um you know it's just it's just a curiosity like i'm you know i was read a little bit about john cooper you know it's one of the stories wanted to do that story um wings was Wings actually got piggybacked on a different story we are doing on Parks and uh, Frederick Lomestead who played a huge role in Buffalo. And I'm like, why don't we shoot a second story then? Let's do it on Wings and let's try to do it different. And, and, a, and a story that people haven't done on Wings before. But yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, it's, and it's a chance to, you know, like you guys do. I mean, it's, 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 you're on, on more beats, but um, it's a chance to learn about something completely new and just completely immerse yourself in it every single week. And so that's, that's fun for me because I don't have the patient or the, or, the, or the focus for anything else.
3: Right. You-
0: well, I'm envious of that. That's one of my favorite things to do, you know, when as a takeout person is to learn about something. And sometimes it's so much fun to learn about it and research it and do the interviews that the actual, in my case, the writing of it becomes so that's the drudgery. I just want to move on to the next thing. I want to learn about the next thing. Yeah, And uh, so your ability to jump around on so many different topics is is pretty cool. So Jeff Glor, uh, co-host of CBS Saturday Morning. That's it. CBS Saturday Morning. CBS Saturday Morning. CBS Saturday Morning. We're making moves.
3: Jeff, do you get to see detailed enough ratings to know how Buffalo – how much Buffalo watches you because I know I have some family that's that always enjoys watching in part because you're because you're very good but because you're from Buffalo it's like a piece of home for them
2: I don't know could, I could give that information but I don't know what the numbers are in Buffalo uh, for for the show I think um, but I hope they're good I, I think they're good
3: well they'll probably be huge this weekend, I'll bet they're not uh, for this appearance
0: I'll bet they're not good about that (laughs) because you know you know western new yorkers are creatures of habit and they're going to look for cbs this morning saturday on their on their guide and they're going to see what's this cbs saturday morning i don't know what that is and they're not going to watch unless you go
1: up against beat the champ (laughs) there
3: you go
0: jeff thanks for doing this um you're you're a you're a good sport for putting up with this bullshit and uh (laughs) You are way, way, uh, way above uh, this. And to lower yourself uh, and humor uh, me and, and Matthew and Jonah is, uh, it's always a treat.
2: Anytime, gentlemen. Matthew, uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for coming on as well. Appreciate you joining. And uh,
0: Jonah, hope you're feeling better, buddy. Thank you. Based on what we saw earlier, I'm not so sure. Uh, Thank you for listening to uh, Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK CPAs and Business Consultants. My thanks again to Jeff Glor of CBS Saturday Morning and to Jonah Bronstein and Matthew Fairberg. CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and is partnered up with Victory Sports for 2020 and 2021 to keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716 630 2400 Again, 716 630 2400 and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you.